regularly revisit revelation in your life to, um, to sharpen it, uh, to deepen it, to strengthen it. I mean, you know, there's not one thing in Scripture that we all have full revelation on any of it. I mean, even any, any one passage or one concept, um, we have an infinite God, and so anything we learn about Him is an infinite well. It can go deeper and deeper and deeper, and so <clears throat> it's important to understand that. Uh, it's very important to, to not approach the kingdom with a, a head knowledge mindset. We want it, something coming out of our heart, and we want it to impact our lives. And so, you know, what the Lord been speaking to me about this week is uh, just wisdom, and uh, just the concept of wisdom, and the importance of wisdom in the times that we're living in. And, um, you know, the scripture declares that, that wisdom is the principal thing. And, um, you know, we... You know, I spent time in circles that really focused a lot on faith, and there's nothing wrong with faith. Faith is awesome. Um, it should be, uh, should be done in conjunction with God's grace, but faith is awesome, and we had spent time in circles that really focused on the miraculous or focused on the giftings, and uh, how many know that, you know, God's a miracle working God, you know, and He's still doing miracles, and He's still doing signs and wonders, and He's still healing people, and um, He still has encounters with people, and all those things are happening, <clears throat> but... Wisdom's a principal thing, and um, you know we're ultimately we're not called uh, to to live from miracle to miracle. We're actually called to to live in a place of wisdom. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not discounting in any way, shape, form, or fashion just the power of a miracle because we're all going to need God to do miraculous things in our lives periodically. Can I get an amen? Right. But how I many you know that that um, as you you follow God and as you walk with Him that um, you, he'll put you in a position to where really you can be a blessing to somebody else. You know, you're not necessarily looking for a miracle, you're looking to be a miracle. And, uh, and when I say that, I'm in no way, shape, form, or fashion downgrading when somebody needs a miracle because we all need miracles periodically. But what I am saying is that wisdom is the principal thing. And really, all wisdom is, is we're just walking with Jesus. I mean, it's just a relationship with the Lord. God is leading us and uh, we're following him. And uh, God has wisdom. You know, how many know that God created everything through wisdom? And so um, we, we want to, to be wise, and we want to operate in wisdom, and we want to operate in just the leading of the Spirit. And uh, thank you. And uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, <clears throat> makes this very interesting statement. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, and that word circumspectly means with accuracy or precision, uh, purposeful, carefully. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so, uh, and then in Colossians 4, 5, it says, walk in wisdom to those who are outside, redeeming the time. And so there, there's something about wisdom that has the ability to redeem time. And I just want to talk a little bit about that. How many know the enemy is always trying to steal your time? I mean, that really is your number one commodity. Your number one commodity is not, you know, finances. Your number one commodity is not the things that you have. Your number one, the number one most important thing you have is time. Uh, that's one thing that you can't really uh, get back. Um, time is something that's, you know, it's a continuous flow. And the enemy is always trying to steal time. He's always trying to waste time. 
He's always trying to get you to go around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain. How I many you know if the children of Israel would have listened to the Lord, they wouldn't have had to go around the mountain. They could have taken a shortcut to the promised land. But they chose to be self-willed, and they chose to kind of follow their own design. And as a result of that, there was a lot of time that was wasted. And so there's something about wisdom that gives us the ability to actually redeem time. And that word uh, for redeem uh, in the Greeks, the 1805, it's exaggerazo. It means to buy up, to ransom, to rescue from loss. And uh, it's the same word that we use when we talk about um, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. It's that same word of redemption. And so there's something about wisdom that has the ability to bring redemption to our time. And, um, and then, you know, how many know the Bible says that where the, the axe is sharp that uh, there's less labor or there's less work. I mean, a sharp axe is going to get the job done better, right? The right tool is going to get the job done better. If you have the wrong tool, you might be able to get the job done, but you may have to bludgeon your way there. That could, that could, that could describe my handyman experiences right there in one statement, bludgeoning your way there. <laughs> Praise God, amen. Not a skilled laborer by any stretch of the means when it comes to tools, but if you need brute force, I can help you, but that's all I got. <clears throat> but when it's sharp, you know, we can get things done and we can actually redeem time. You know, those of you that, that, that work with tools and stuff like that, how I many know that when you have the right tool, you're going to get the job done quicker and you're going to get it actually done better and it's actually going to take less effort than when you have the wrong tool. And so God um, has brought into our lives this, this thing called wisdom that will redeem our time. And once again, all wisdom is, is just listening to God and allowing Him to show us what He wants to do. Um, wisdom is just simply not being wise in our own eyes, but acknowledging the Lord in all of our ways and allowing Him to direct our path. I don't know about you guys, but there's, if there's one thing that life has taught me, it's that, that, that I am not sufficient unto myself. You know, my way is not the best way. And uh, I know that I need God's way. And um, that's a beautiful lesson to have. That's a beautiful humility to bring into your life and to keep into your life. Uh, because how many know that God knows how to do a better job than you? You know, one of the things that we're dealing with with uh, Eli is, uh, you know, he's very strong-willed. Uh, he's very independent. And he likes to do things on his own. And so um, how many know that as his parents, you know, we, we have some wisdom that he hasn't quite gained at three yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know a few things that he doesn't quite yet know. But um, in order for him to access our wisdom, he has to recognize that he needs it and be willing to listen, right? And so if he doesn't, if he just wants to do it his way, then how many know he's, he, he, he's probably not going to get necessarily the best results all the time. And um, now, certainly, I champion having a strong will and being independent and all of these things. But, you know, something simple like, you know, putting on a jacket. <clears throat> Stacy was trying to teach him how to put on a jacket the other day and show him a little trick on how to do it. Well, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to do it his way. So he's going to wrestle that jacket, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, sweating and trying to get it on and all that. But he's just, you know, so strong-willed. And once again, that's not a bad quality. But how many know if he'll humble himself, he can receive wisdom that's actually going to help him to overcome? And that's a clear example in a child's life. But how many know we're the same way with God? How many know that we don't know how to do everything? And even the things that we do think that we know how to do, how many know that he knows how to do it better than we do? And so we want to keep this attitude and this heart 
of humility and openness um, to the correction of the Scriptures and to the correction of the Spirit. How I many of you cannot grow in wisdom without correction? And none of us probably love correction. Um, but it, it, in order to grow in wisdom, we, we have to be willing to be corrected. The primary way God corrects us is through Scripture. <clears throat> the Scriptures will correct us, right? And how I many know we know under the New Testament that our correction usually is an identity correction? You know, God's not telling you to try harder or be more or do more. God's just saying, no, this is who you are. You know, you are love. You have patience. You have joy. You're connected to Christ. These are things that you, you already possess. And so most of our correction usually is an identity correction. God's not trying to get you to try harder or do more. But <clears throat> He will correct you to bring you back to who you are so you can operate out of that place of being. And so the Scriptures will correct you. Then how many know that the Spirit of God will correct you? You ever had the Spirit of God encourage you not to say something? Hallelujah. <clears throat> and if you've lived long enough, how many know you've realized that if you, if you listen to Him, that your life's better? <laughs> Y'all ever had those moments where you didn't listen to Him and you ran your mouth? And, and you know what I'm saying? And, like, and it was a nuclear explosion. And you're just testing to see if you're actually hearing God or not. <laughs> and you found out that actually was God. I missed it, but at least, I, and to me, I feel like that's progress. At least you know that you heard. Even if you didn't listen, at least you know that you heard. And then the next time that you have that, that, that little check down there telling you not to do something, um, uh, you, you, you remember the results that you had when you didn't listen. <laughs> it will encourage you to listen in the future, right? I mean, oh, God is not trying to make your life bad. I mean, oh, God's trying to make your life good. And one of the ways that He makes your life good is through wisdom. Because He's going to say, you know, I know you want to go this way and do that, but why don't you try my way? You know, and how I many know oh, many of us, we've tried our way so long that we wore ourselves out in our way and we got to come back to His way. <clears throat> and I also think that, that that's a, there's a regular humbling that happens there in our lives. You know, it's like, okay, fresh humility. How I many you know fresh humility means fresh grace? Humility is the cup that you drink grace out of. Pride will put a hole in your cup and you can't drink any grace. And so uh, fresh humility is a good thing. <clears throat> fresh failure is a good thing. When you failed at something... And you know you've encountered something that's greater than you. That's actually a good thing because it sets the stage for 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 God's strength. Can I get an amen? amen? Sets the stage for humility. It sets the stage for correction. It sets the stage for change. And if if we if we want to be wise men and women, I mean, we have to get to that place where we actually love correction. And no amens on that. This is not one of those shout me down because you're preaching good messages at all. But how many know if you love correction? that you're going to grow. Well, I'll brag on Ethan for a little bit. You know, <clears throat> we, we are, um, our school has just been flooded with all these transfers from other schools to play basketball. Our, our, we're about to, we're on course to win state and football. Uh, we're undefeated. We, and and we're our, it's like our school all of a sudden got good at all sports. It's really crazy. And so all these kids are coming in who are just so good and so talented. And, uh, and so how many you know that makes the competition a lot more challenging as well with everybody else on there. <clears throat> but the thing about Ethan that he's so good at is he's just he's so coachable. He will listen and he will learn. And as a result of that, of, of his coachability, 
um, you know, he, he's, he's getting tons of playing time and he's getting to play and, and uh, you know, he's starting and, and stuff. And it's, it's not because he's out there doing windmill dunks and there are kids that can dunk that aren't playing as much as he's playing. It's because he's willing to listen and be coached and be corrected in order to make the team better and to make himself better. That's a great quality. I mean, you know, that is a quality that's going to take you far in life. I did not possess that quality when I was his age at all. But he does, thank God. And as a result of that, I mean, if you can be corrected and you can receive wisdom, all you can do is grow and develop. And, and what the gospel actually does is it sets you up to allow you to receive correction. See, one of the challenging, uh, one of the reasons I had a hard time receiving correction is in, in my childhood, uh, you know, God love my mother, she's totally set free now, but, but when I was growing up, she really struggled with alcoholism. And she would get just blackout drunk, and she would just, I mean, just rip me to pieces for hours. Just tell me how awful I was and how bad I was, and I mean, she just attacked, I mean, and then wake up the next day and not remember any of it, like have no recollection of it, and didn't really even know that it happened. <clears throat> it really wasn't her, it was the enemy using her. How I many you know when people get high or get drunk or stuff like that, they can open a door to the enemy using them? <clears throat> doesn't mean she was possessed or anything like that. She just kind of opened the door. That's what that word pharmakia in the, in the Greek is talking about, witchcraft and open the door to all those things. Anyway, as a result of that, my ability to be corrected kind of got broken because I was so just beat down. And I didn't really have the ability to be corrected because the moment someone tried to correct me, I felt like they were attacking my identity. Y'all tracking me here? I mean, you know, when your identity is in your performance, it's a challenge for you to be corrected. When your identity is in your performance, the moment somebody tries to bring a little correction in your life, you immediately take it personally. And you take it personally, and you think, well, there's something wrong with me. So they'll either get so dejected that they just go into condemnation, or they'll get so headstrong and so prideful, they'll fight back against it. Well, actually, it's like this, or actually, it's like that, or no, it shouldn't be like that. Why are, why are they defending themselves? Because they feel naked with no fig leaves, totally in the open, totally ashamed because their failure, they failed in their performance, so they feel like they're somehow now a loser or a bad person. Y'all tracking me here. Many of us have come out of that type of mindset to a greater or lesser degree. It's because that's, that's human nature. Human nature is to identify with our performance, to identify what we do. But God comes in with the gospel. And he's like, I want you to know that, that, that your performance has nothing at all to do with who you are in me, right? Your, what you do has nothing to do with who you are once you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And what you do has nothing at all to do with how much I love you. Can I get an amen? Well, that, that image of Jesus hugging somebody up here is so powerful this morning. That's the first time I think I've ever seen that. I don't, maybe they show it all the time. I keep my eyes closed most of the time when I'm worshiping. When I open my eyes, I thought, man, that's awesome. Because you know, that's what God's doing to us, man. I don't care what mistakes you made or what you've done this week or last week or whatever. He loves you and he believes in you. And he's always trying to assure you of your value and your identity. Now, how I many you know, as you get stronger in that, now you become to the place where you can actually mature to where you can handle correction and you don't feel like your identity is being challenged in the midst of the correction. I mean, if you take a walk through Proverbs, because how many know that if I know that my identity is not in what I do, then when someone gives me some wisdom or some correction, whether it comes from the Lord or through the Scriptures or through uh, the leading of the Spirit, how many know I don't have to take it personally? 
I can look at it like, man, I'm, I'm about to be bettered. I'm about to, to have um, a, a clearer path. Can I get an amen? It's just the truth, man. And uh, I think a lot of us struggle with it, but the, the, but the gospel sets the stage for you to be a wise man, for you to be a wise woman, because now when correction comes, you don't have to take it personally and you don't have to feel condemnation and all of these things because how I many know all correction that comes from God is loving correction? Can I get an amen? It just is. God loves you. He's for you, right? And so wisdom, when wisdom comes, it's going to come in the form of this is the right path. Now, it doesn't always come in the form of correction. Wisdom may come in, uh, just in the form of, you know, check this out. Try to do this. You know, walk this way. You know, whatever. Whether it's in the Scriptures or in the leading of the Spirit. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going the wrong way, but God's going to, He's going to open your heart and be like, hey, check this out. Try this. Walk in this. And so God has wisdom for you. Now, wisdom will redeem the time, but also wisdom is extremely important when the days are evil. And that's kind of really where I'm going. All that was just kind of get us on the same page. When, we, when you're living in evil days, you need God's direction. And the days are evil. <clears throat> and just in terms of the, just the direction that the world's going and, and, and uh, you know, how, how... Because see, the world has a wisdom. It's a worldly wisdom. And they're operating in it right now. And they're operating in it in mass numbers. And they're doing it in somewhat of a place of unity. They're all united against us. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. He that sits in the heavens laughs, man. You know, though they rage, though they speak against the Lord's anointing, I mean, hey, he told us it was going to happen. Here it is, right? But because of the fact that the days are evil, it's time to hear God. Can I get an amen? It's time to walk with the Lord. It's time to acknowledge the Lord, you know? Stacey always asks me before I get on a plane, do you have peace? You know, do you have peace? And the only way I'm getting on a plane is if I do have peace. If I don't have peace, I'm not going. I don't care what it is. I'm not getting in a car. I'm not... I'm just, I, don't, I don't have to know. All I know is my God is telling me, don't do that. And, and I've missed that don't do that enough to know that it's not worth it. Can it? Yeah, yeah. And then also, in the day that we're living in right now, how many know you really can't afford not to listen to God? I mean, because I mean, some of your decisions can be life and death decisions. And I hate to be so frank and so grim you know, in, in the reality, but... When you're living in, when the days are evil, um, you know, and, and you're living in what we're living in, how many know where you are is important? Where you're walking is important, where you're time. I don't say any of that to give you a sense of fear. I say that this is walk circumspectly. What does that mean? Carefully, with accuracy, with precision. What does that mean? That means I'm always looking, what's God telling me to do? I'm always, I'm always, the Bible says that he that sits at his gates and listens will be secure from fear of evil. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm calm walking around with my Bible held up the entire time? No. That doesn't mean that. It means that I'm always seeing what's down here. Y'all tracking me here. I'm talking about the leading of the Spirit. I'm always like, <clears throat> where, you know, God, or do, I, do I have peace about what's going on? Do I have peace about where I'm at? Do I have peace of, about the people that I'm around? Amen? Because wisdom <clears throat> is important um, when the days are evil. We have to have the leading of the Spirit. <clears throat> because if we don't have the leading of the Spirit, then we're going, to have some, we're going to have some challenging times. You know, we don't want that. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33, it says, Whoever listens to me will dwell safely 
and will be secure without fear of evil. Can you get an amen? I mean, well, that's good news, right? Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. I mean, well, that's a promise from the Lord. What is now? Now listen, God. God. I mean, oh, God will. God. God loves you, and God's looking to protect you. Can I get an amen for Psalm ninety-one? Right. I'm talking about he that dwells in the secret place shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm talking about safety and protection. <clears throat> but how many know the ultimate safety and protection is not just the declaration of that promise, but it's a relationship with the Lord so that, so that you, we listen to Him and what He's saying to do, right? So important. Just developing that place of relationship. And how many know now that we understand the gospel, we know that we can draw near to God. You can draw near to God right after you made a mistake. You don't have to run from God you don't have to take a time out from His presence. You don't have to ground yourself from His presence. No, God's like, look, I'm on your team all the time. And so that doorway of relationship is always open. And so God's like, I'm ready to, I'm ready. How many, how many think God can navigate us through 2022? I mean, He can do it. Like, He knows what He's doing. All we got to do is just listen, man, and, and, and follow that. Follow Him. Follow the Scriptures. Follow the leading, right? Um, it's exciting. And, and so, let's turn to Daniel chapter 1, please. And I just want to take, take, a, take a time when, you know, they were in a tough spot, um, you know, as far as the children of Israel were. I mean, you know, God doesn't need for godly people to be in control in order for Him to bless His kids. God doesn't need for godly people to be in control in order for Him to prosper and to protect His kids. It's always been that way. How many know that, that Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the children of Israel. They were in a nation that was not their nation. They were in a nation that were enemies to them. They were in a nation that had conquered them. And so, how many know that, that, that it, it was a, a challenging time for the Jewish people? It was a challenging time for the children of Israel. Why? Because, you know, in those days and in that particular empire, man, you messed up and, you know, you might lose your head. I mean, they, they were killing people left and right. Um, that's just how they operate. Now, thank God we don't, we don't, not, we don't live in a, in, in a country like that. And thank God we don't have to deal with that. I mean, that's an extreme example. But what I want to show you is that, how I many you know God was with Daniel and God prospered Daniel? How I many know God protected Daniel? Amen. <clears throat> and let's take a look at it. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chiefs of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. It's talking about the children of Israel being presented before Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who was the king. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like da Daniel, Hanai, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. What happened? <clears throat> God gave Daniel and the children of Israel wisdom. And that wisdom protected them, prospered them, and promoted them in days that were evil. Right? I mean, in a time, you know, eventually Nebuchadnezzar has that dream and, you know, he's just killing wise men left and right, killing astrologers and magicians left and right. And Daniel, now the, here's the thing, here's, here's the two key elements uh, 
for wisdom, right? Or for, and and, and I mean, we've already covered them, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it in a very uh, like bullet point fashion. How many of you know Daniel did two primary things? How many of you know he honored God? Like he never stopped honoring God when it wasn't cool to honor God. I mean, there was extreme pressure in that heathen environment to not honor God. They wanted him to bow down and worship their idols, and he wouldn't do it. And so what I I want to say is, in the midst of the evil days, in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of the challenge, understand, don't compromise your relationship with God to make other people happy. I mean, you know, if you've got to compromise your integ- the integrity of your relationship in order to gain favor with somebody, how many of you know that favor is not staying long? <clears throat> because how many of you know they're going to want more? Oh, you did that? Well, let's see how much more we can get you to do. Oh, you did that? Let's see how much more we can get you to do. So no, don't, don't think that bowing down is going to maintain favor because it's not. It's absolutely not. Now, what will maintain favor from God is recognizing, I mean, oh, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It doesn't mean I'm scared of God and I'm afraid and running from Him. It means I reverence Him, I honor Him, I recognize He's bigger and stronger and mightier than anything else. So when I weigh in the balances, do you make God happy or make so-and-so happy? I'm going to choose God. God's mightier. Not, not just on the grounds of him loving me <clears throat> and me loving him, but on the grounds of he's awesome. How I many of the fear of the Lord is in awe? It's a beautiful thing when you experience it. It can happen in a place of worship. And it's something that we can't lose sight of as we understand the gospel, we understand the grace of God, and we understand forgiveness and love. There is, a, there is an awe, there is a worshipful reverence of the Lord that is clean. It will cleanse you. It will develop in you a hatred of evil and a love of good. And it's actually a very healthy thing. And we don't want to lose sight of that by any stretch of the means. I mean, we we live in in a world that's kind of lost sight of reverence for anything. And we definitely don't want to do that. We want to maintain that. And so here, Daniel, he's honoring God, right? He's honoring God. He's not going to bow down. And then in the midst of honoring God, how many know that he maintains relationships? How I many of they tell him, you, if you pray, we're throwing you in the lion's den. How I many of Daniel don't care? He's going to choose God first. He's going to choose relationship with God first. And how I many know as a result, how I many of God delivered him and delivered him and delivered him? So much so that Nebuchadnezzar was like, this guy's God is real. <laughs> I mean, he practically converts the, the heathen king uh, to the reality that Jehovah is God just because of this king watching his life, he's like, Daniel has a God that's alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Daniel's God lives, and, and he does amazing things. And so, but what I want to show you is the thing that, that kept him and protected him was, was, was wisdom. What, what, what was the wisdom? He had a relationship with God, he honored God, and he walked with God, and he was protected, and he was kept. How I many know we need that same attitude in the times that we're living in? The Bible said about Daniel that he had an excellent spirit, right? That word excellent means just a cool spirit, a peaceful spirit. I just have a feeling. See, the more you have a relationship with the Lord, the more this world doesn't freak you out. 
when your relationship with the Lord starts to get, you know, we get distracted or we get busy and we start, you know, maybe not getting the time that we, that we normally have or that time of relationship. I mean, when you haven't seen somebody in a long time, you have to kind of reconnect. And, and, but when your relationship with the Lord, David said, I've placed the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I mean, when your relationship with the Lord is active, you become less fearful and concerned and wigged out about everything that's happening out here. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's a good, strong encouragement for all of us, right? I mean, we need a good, quality relationship with the Lord in the time that we're living in. Amen? And, you know, and it's easy to let that thing slip with distraction and the busyness of life. If it has slipped, just slip it right back. Amen? Just, just come on back and, 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 and spend time with the Lord. Amen? Takes time. How many relationships take time? They're extremely important. You know, right now, Stacey and I, we fight for time together. I mean, we have to have time together, and, and, and because we are so busy with, with everything that's going on and, and all the kids and stuff like that, like, we, we try very hard to have a, a, a day date at least once a week because we need, we need time, right? We need time. I mean, we're already married. We already love each other. I mean, those things are already, those things are real, but that time together is what keeps everything else running smoothly. You know, when, no one, when we can't find our keys and babies are screaming and you know what I'm saying? Like that time together <clears throat> will help, help us when the pressure comes, right? In a, in a relationship like that, right? Well, it's the same with our, with our God. We need that time with Him. And uh, because out of that place of relationship, that's where wisdom's going to flow. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18, please. And so in the days... Now, the beautiful thing about wisdom is it's free, Right? Like, uh, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. Uh, what you do have to do is you have to ask for it. How many know that the, in the book of James it says, ask and you shall receive? Well, does that mean i got to constantly ask God for wisdom? You know, honestly, I, I mean, certainly in certain situations you may ask God for wisdom, but I really feel like it's like an attitude of the heart. Like, okay, I'm acknowledging the Lord in all of my ways so that He will direct my path. I pray that over our family pretty much every day. Like, that is my primary prayer, that we would acknowledge God in everything that we do. I mean, you can acknowledge God in everything that you do. I mean, you can acknowledge Him in sports. You can acknowledge Him in school. You can acknowledge Him at work. You can acknowledge Him when you go to the grocery store. I mean, you can acknowledge Him in traffic. You can acknowledge Him when you eat. You can acknowledge Him when you sleep. You can do it as unto the Lord. It's an, it's an attitude. It's just this place of humility, like, okay, I'm listening, God. What do you got for me? What do you want? What do you want me to do? You know? And, and, you know, it's not always this, you know, sometimes God will speak to you in a still small voice. Sometimes God will give you an unction. But sometimes God will just give you a want to. Like a couple weeks ago when I was talking about how I, God placed in my heart to hug that lady who was at the, um, at the donut place. And she was so busy. I, got to hug, I hugged her again this morning. I saw her again this morning. I gave her a big hug. And, um, but God placed that in my heart. And, and how many know you need to do what God places in your heart? Amen? Because a lot of times that's, that's wisdom. That's God leading you. That's God guiding you. you, you feel like someone felt, felt led to pray for me today. That's God, man. That's God, that's God leading and, and, and putting it in your heart. You know? And you know, for Connie to come up here and, and stand up here, I mean, it takes an element of boldness to do that. You know, To kind of stop the... Not that Connie struggles with that because she does it. Connie's, <laughs> Connie is very bold. That's a great quality to have. It's a great quality to have. You know? Yeah, I am thankful for that because, you know, when we've done street ministry and stuff like that, Connie doesn't struggle with boldness, man. 
Connie's a go-getter. She's going to do it. I mean, you know, that's a blessing in the body of Christ. We appreciate that about you. That's awesome. Took courage to do that, you know? And honestly, Jeremiah Johnson needed prayer. His wife says he got more than one hour of sleep last night. That's not what he thinks, but Stacy's like, I've been, she says, sleep? What is sleep? You don't know what sleep is. I, I get 30 minutes of sleep every night for the past six months, and I have one night of bad sleep. She's just like, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> she's like, you menfant. She goes, you, man, infant. Look at her. She's fired up back there. <laughs> In, in my very weak defense, because I have a very weak defense, you fall asleep, you have like, she has a button on the side of her head. She just push it and she's asleep. Like, it's awesome. I'm in awe of this. She can just, I, if I'm awake, I'm going to lay there and just lay there. Oh, it's bad, dude. It's not cool. Anyway, I'm not going to sit up here and complain because <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Nothing spiritual about that. But she falls asleep. Just like that, and I don't always do that. I can't turn my mind off sometimes. My mind just, uh. Anyway, I'm not coming to complain. Bottom line is, I needed prayer. Thank you for praying for me. That was wisdom placed in your heart, and you guys followed that, and that was a blessing to me. Can I get an amen? And so <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to have things that God placed in our heart. And the things that God placed in your heart, it, it may not be what everybody else is doing. Can I get an Amen. How many know when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made a decision not to bow to the idol, they looked different? Wisdom's going to make you stand out. It's going to make you different. It might get you uninvited to some dinner parties. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guarantee you they weren't celebrated, at least initially, for their stance. Now, how many know ultimately they were celebrated and promoted? And they saved a lot of people's lives when they they, um, deciphered that dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. <clears throat> but following God is going to make you're going to be different, Amen. How I many you know He that's spiritual is judged by no man, but judges all things. Wait, come on, Jeremiah. What does that mean, Jeremiah? That means that people aren't going to understand everything that you're doing as you follow God and are led by God. But that is totally okay. How I many you know most of the masses just flow down the stream of the world's death? That's what most do. How I many you, know, you got to fight against the current? by the leading of the Spirit, to be different, amen, and to choose life over death, right? And so, now, how many know David, 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 14, it says, King David, it says, can we turn that fan off pretty please? And it says, and David behaved wisely in all of his ways, and the Lord was with him, and therefore when Saul sought that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. Now, how many know David had some, some evil days as well? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know David was in an environment where somebody's trying to kill him. And he wasn't just trying to kill him physically. I mean, he was trying to slander him. I mean, you know, he was trying, he was talking bad. Thank you, John. He was talking bad about him. <clears throat> he was, um, <clears throat> Saul's servants were starting rumors about him and slandering him. And then Saul just flat out trying to kill him. I mean, you know, when you're in a dangerous environment, you need wisdom. And, and that's what David had. It says, David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. Does that mean David was so smart? No, David was a shepherd boy. What did David realize? David realized God's smart. And God's smart, and and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Can I get an amen? How many know that it's unusual for a shepherd boy to come out and be like, hey, let let me fight the giant? I mean, that's an unusual thing. But, but, but he was confident in his relationship with God. He's like, I got a covenant. 
This guy doesn't have a covenant. I have a living God. This guy does not. And so David, out of that place of relationship and out of the unction of the Lord, um, did something unusual and overcame and you know, obviously won a battle. But he needed wisdom in dangerous times. And how many know Saul never killed him? Amen. Saul didn't kill him. Saul also was not capable of killing his, his, um, uh, uh, taking his position from him. Saul couldn't take his blessing from him. I mean, Saul did nothing that was lasting in David's life in terms of holding him back. Now, you may have a season where a Saul is wearing you out, if you'll allow that term. Might be in your work. If you have a Saul in your workplace, that's tough. If you have a Saul in your family, that's tough. Praise God. We are a Saul-free ministry. I'm so thankful for our church. It's so clear. There's no jealousy. There's no jockeying for position. That we, are all, we all like each other. It's fantastic. We don't deal with none of that. I'm so thankful for that. But if you have a Saul, you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need to do what God tells you to do. You know, I, I, I had a Saul one time. And um, a Saul is someone who just persecutes you and comes after you and just trying to basically destroy you. And I had this manager who um, um, he would always—he just gave me a hard time, man. And he would—he would, he would uh, never—he would always take credit for my work too. And he would just persecute me and come after me and all—you know—all the stuff that that people do, right? But God just really led me to just keep loving him, just keep loving him, tell him, and I'd tell him that I loved him and that, that God loved him. He hated that, you know. But I would just—I <laughs> just kept loving him, loving him. And, and you know what? I eventually had the honor of, of leading that man to the Lord and, and for him receiving Jesus. And I mean, after his whole life fell apart and everybody kind of walked away from him, God kind of reintroduced me back into his life, man. And I had the honor of leading him to the Lord. And what, what I'm showing you is that wisdom <clears throat> is what set the stage for that. I mean, you know, the last thing you want to do in that situation is to, to sink down to Saul's level and throw javelins back at him. See, a worldly wisdom seeks to, when someone slanders you, you slander them. Do not resort to that. You're higher than that. How I many of Jesus didn't revile when they reviled him? Right? Don't, don't seek down. See, the last thing we want to do, and once again, how I many of the world does have a wisdom? <clears throat> we'll talk about that here in just a second. And that wisdom's rampant. How I many of you don't want to take the world's wisdom and fight them with their wisdom? Because if you try to fight them with their wisdom, they're going to kick your butt. Because they're better at it than you are. Well, and absolutely. And here's the thing. It, 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 it's contrary to your born-again spirit. So it never feels good. It never feels right to slander somebody. <clears throat> never feels right to gossip about somebody. It never, it never feels good. That armor don't fit on you. I mean, you got the armor of a shepherd, right? Which is no armor. Right? You don't have to put on Saul's armor. You don't have to sink down to their level. You don't have to fight the way they fight, right? Don't do that. <clears throat> it doesn't work. Stay on the high road. Stay on the path of wisdom. Stay on the path of love. Take a stand for what you believe in, but don't live in a state of anger because it's not, it's not what God's called you to do. And so <clears throat> there's all these different times, and we're, we're not going to go into all of those, but how many know that David honored God and he, and he maintained that place of relationship we got Joseph's wisdom in Egypt. 
How I many know they were always trying to stop Joseph? They were always trying to shut him down. But how I many know he had wisdom and he had favor and he just flourished and prospered? And next thing you know, he was right there on top, right? How I many know the same for Jesus? How I many they were always trying to kill Jesus? They're always trying to catch Jesus in his words. They put Jesus in some tough spots. When they, when, they, when they put together that whole scenario of the woman caught in the act of adultery, and I totally believe that was the setup, when they put that, I mean, that was a tough spot. Because here, because, because the law says kill her. And Jesus knew the law. He wrote the law. <clears throat> and so there he is in a situation where he's going to be forced to kill somebody based upon justice. But how many know God's heart is a heart of mercy? Now, how many know God's a just God? Can I get an amen? But, but God wanted to rescue that woman, not destroy her. And how many of you know that's God's heart towards every human being on this planet? He wants to rescue them, not destroy them. But the law said kill them. And, and so I love, you know, and we don't know exactly what Jesus was doing in these moments. I mean, we, there's tons of preachers that surmise what's happening, and that's all we can do is surmise. But he doesn't answer immediately. He takes a moment, and he's writing some stuff on the ground. That's all we know. But I feel like he's like, Dad, what do I do here? Like, God, what do I do? Like, what, what am I supposed to do here? And I feel like the Lord, I mean, oh, God gave him wisdom. God gave him wisdom to diffuse the entire situation. Nobody died. Nobody lost their life. The law was honored. The woman was saved. He didn't, he didn't want to take justice and throw it out the window. How I many of oh, God never does that? You have to be careful of that concept in gray circles. No, God is a just God. God's not getting rid of His justice, man. But His heart, He's a heart of compassion and a heart of mercy. He's slow to anger and all of these beautiful things about who He is. But He didn't dishonor His justice in saving the woman. He honored the justice. He honored the law. He honored the, the righteous requirement of the law. But at the same time, He still rescued the woman. How in the world can He pull that off? Wisdom. Only wisdom knows how to navigate those waters. I mean, they were always trying to catch Jesus in his words. Always trying to get him. I mean, they never could. He says some stuff that's just awesome. He's like, he's like, who, who, you know, should we, should we pay taxes? You know, and well, you're supposed to pay taxes. You're supposed to pay, you know. He's like, well, whose who's superscription is on here? You know, who, who is it? Caesar's, right? It was a render unto Caesar. What Caesar's? Render unto God. Everybody's like, oh, man. This man has too much wisdom. I mean, they were astounded at the wisdom he had. Why? Because he, no, one, no one could trap him. Why? Because, how many know, he, he didn't operate omnipotent when he was down here or omniscient. How many know he was a, he was a son? He operated as a son, but he had a relationship. And he, and he, and he, and he, and he waited to, to hear and to see what the Lord, he said, I only do those things that my, I see my father doing. Can I get an amen? He demonstrated for us that type of relationship. So, when you're out there, how many know the world's trying to catch you right now? They try and trap you. They try and get you. I mean, they are. I mean, that's just how things are right now. You know, they're not exactly pro-Christianity right now. But what's awesome is, is that you, your, your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Your, your dad is the creator of the universe, and he's living on the inside of you. So out of a place of relationship, you know what's going to happen? God's going to take wisdom, and he's going to lead you right through the maze. You know what he's going to do? He's going to place you right on top. And when, the, when they see you on top, some of them, like Nebuchadnezzar, will say, you serve the living God. Can I get an amen? Your protection and blessing is a part of God's evangelism plan. I mean, oh, you're going to stand out and shine as a light. Can I get an amen? 
I mean, you're different. You're not like everybody else. And a part of God taking care of you is a witness to other people that your God is alive. Anybody that knew me back in the day, you know, when I was a crazy man, and they see me now, they know something, something supernatural has happened. There's no doubt that God has been here, right? Because everyone knows that with, I was on a path to die. And God rescued me, amen? And so in your life, you adhering to wisdom is certainly for you because it's going to protect you and keep you. But how many know it's also for other people to see your life? Now, I'm not saying, this is a very important thing for me to say here, if you adhere to wisdom perfectly, you're never going to have a challenge. You're never going to deal with sickness. You're never going to deal with lack. You're never going to deal with danger. You're never going to deal with any of those. I'm not saying that. You are going to have moments where your faith is tested and your faith is tried. That's a part of being on earth. I would never preach to you this concept. Well, if your faith is strong enough and you listen to God enough, you're never going to have any trouble. How many of you know there's no one in the Bible that demonstrated that? Not David, not Joseph, not Daniel, not Jesus Christ. Everybody went through junk. You're going to have challenges down here. But the, the beauty of it is, is you're not in those challenges alone, and God has given you these exceeding great and precious promises that you may overcome. Can I get an amen? You're going to overcome. In the end, you win. But there may be some time when it don't look like you're winning. You may experience that before? Yeah. You have time where it don't look like you're winning. But how many know that God is going to come through? Amen. And, and in the midst of waiting on the Lord, don't lose heart, don't lose courage. God's doing something. And uh, he, 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 what He's actually creating is this beautiful testimony of your life. And, um, and, and, and see, you only see the part that you're in. You don't see the end part. But how many know the challenges make the testimony juicier? You know what I'm saying? Remember I used to stand up here and be so upset that I only had one kid? If you notice, I don't say that anymore. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure. I mean, seriously, though. But, and you know, how many know God was in my future laughing at me? He was like, I'm about to put so many kids on you, you ain't going to know. You're going to say, it's good, Lord. It's good. Yeah. 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 But, but how many know when I was in my moment, I can specifically remember driving home from your house one night from a Bible study, and I don't know what tweaked me, but something tweaked me, and I was so mad that I only had one kid. I was mad. And uh, I was yelling at God on the ride home. I was yelling. I was, I was like, oh, why don't I only have one kid? You know how much I love kids, you know, and all this dumb stuff. And um, um, how many know he didn't get mad at me? He loved me through it, my little temper tantrum. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of temper tantrums that are recorded in the Psalms. David's had them all the time, right? <clears throat> Thank God they kept that stuff just the way it was, you know, so we could all feel better about who we are. And, and so I'm having my temper tantrum. I mean, you know, God's already in my right now today. Like, because he doesn't, he's not out, he's outside of time. And he's like, sweetheart, it's going to be okay. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming. And there's a dog, too. <laughs> <laughs> your quiver is full, boy. <laughs> your congregation going to pray for you because you're so sleepy. Because you only got one hour of sleep. 
<laughs> Just waiting on Stacy to say something from the back. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Hallelujah. So funny, right? But how many of you guys have been in, a sim- not the exact scenario, but a similar scenario where you're complaining to God about something? And God, came- and God was going to come through. And then how many of y'all, he came through? And then, you know what I'm saying? And like, you're on the other side, and you're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. But like, so we've all had moments like that, right? Well, like, how many of y'all, how many of y'all have something right now that you're being challenged with? Right? Well, just like he came through before, he's going to come through again. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. You know, we're so funny. You think we'd learn. You know what I'm saying? You think we'd get to the place where we were just like, but we're sheep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, praise God. They're not very smart, man. I love, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that video on the internet, but you've seen that video where that sheep, where they, this guy works so hard to get this sheep out of his ravine. I love that video. That video speaks so much life to me. And he works so hard to get the sheep out. That sheep takes two spots, jumps as hard as he can, and whoo, goes right back in the same ravine. I was like, that's my Christianity right there. <laughs> I've been doing that for 25 years. <laughs> oh, man. But how many know your shepherd is faithful to pull you up out of there again and save you again? You know, and, and, and you may not be in like a physical ravine, but how many of you can get into a mental ravine? You know what I'm saying? That place of the enemy's always trying to get you to that old me place or that, that pity party or, you know what I'm saying? Or, Oh, man. How many, how many know we have so much to be thankful for? Can I get an amen? We do. But Stacy made an appearance out of the children's church room. Did you have a comment? You want to you wanna challenge the fact that I've slept an hour, hour and a half? She's like, I listened to you snore for an hour. What are you talking about? I listened to you snore for two hours. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. But ultimately... We, we've all been in this enough to know that God wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I, I mean that to us like in our individual lives, but how many know worldwide? Worldwide. Because, I mean, right now, like, looks like the enemy's winning. You know what I'm saying? Looks like it. It's on the surface, you know? And looks like, you know, evil is triumphing and looks like this and looks like that. But, but if you'll notice, scripturally, right before, it always looked like the enemy was going to win. But how many know he never won? Not, not, not even one time. He, never, he, he always loses. Now, when the victory comes, I mean, how many know when Jesus died on the cross, they thought for sure that we lost? And, and, but, but, but God knew the whole reason he came to earth was so he would die on the cross. But we didn't understand that, right? And I think a lot of times we think we get it all figured out. How many know God's wisdom is higher than our wisdom, Right? God's ways are higher than our ways. But, but God has wisdom for us in these days so that we can walk just above all of this stuff. And, 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 and I'll tell you this, trusting Him is going to help you to enjoy the journey more. That's one of our prayers that we pray for each other in our, in our home. Like, you know, we kind of got together and we prayed for each other on Saturday is that we would enjoy our right now. Amen. Because how many know you can get so focused on the future, or so focused on trying to do this, or trying to do that, that you don't enjoy your right now? 
And, and the enemies, how many of your faith is now? God is now. Your life is now. Brian's YouTube video is now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's over here listening to rock or something. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sleepy. I'm an hour of sleep, man. Cut me some slack. <laughs> No, it's fine. It's all good. Amen. But as we trust, man, we can, we can enjoy that journey. Now, uh, we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, I have a ton of other stuff, but we're not really going to jump into it. Uh, but we are going to go to this. Go to Joel chapter 2, and we'll close right here. Praise God. So listen. Listen to the Lord. Acknowledge Him. He's got a path. He's got a path. Uh, to navigate you through this life, to navigate you through Saul's challenging times, evil days, whatever it is, man, he, he loves you and he wants to help you and he wants to lead you. But how I many know that we have to allow ourselves to be correctable, right? Amen. We have to allow ourselves to recognize, okay, maybe I need to change what I'm doing here and I need to listen to the Lord and <clears throat> change the way I talk to this person or change the way I relate to this person or, or whatever. Because in order for wisdom to have its perfect path, we have to be willing to, to be um, corrected. You know, that's just a part of it. We only learn when we correct. But here's the other thing that's so awesome about God that, and once again, wisdom has the ability to, to, to redeem time and to give us back time. And in Joel chapter 2 and verse 25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. God says, I will restore to you what the enemy stole from you. How many of y'all have had the enemy steal some time from you? I have. <clears throat> I have. I, I, I had time stolen uh, during you know, my addiction, you know, drugs and alcohol addiction and all of those things, but I also had time stealing, stolen from man-made religion. Man-made religion stole a lot of time as well. But, but what's awesome is is no matter how much foolishness has burnt up your time, God says, I'll restore it. He says, I have the ability to restore the time the enemy's taken from you. And I mean, only God could do that. Only God could do that. But this is one of your promises. So I don't care how much foolishness you've been involved in. I don't care how many times you said no to the leading of the Spirit. I don't care how many times you said no to correction. I don't care how many times you, you've resisted. God said, I will restore what's been stolen from you. Because I'm that big, I'm that powerful, and I'm that mighty. And what's awesome <clears throat> is even, even your mistakes are going to serve a purpose. I mean, he works all things together for your good. Can I get an amen? The greatest moments of, of, of my ministry are me ministering out of my places of mistake. Just like that story I shared with you guys about me yelling at God. How many of y'all that's a powerful testimony? Not a, not a powerful testimony of my awesomeness, <clears throat> but a powerful testimony of God's awesomeness. Can I get an amen? And how many of y'all that ministers encouragement to all of us? And so God will restore <clears throat> what the enemy tried to steal from, steal from you in terms of your time, in terms of all of these things. But the way he always brings redemption to time is through wisdom. And so we want to acknowledge him in all of our ways. So we'll, we'll turn to one final passage in closing. Just because Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3 real quick. 
love this passage of Scripture. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Reverence the Lord, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Amen. <clears throat> I mean, oh, God has the ability to protect us and keep us in the days that we're living in. Amen. He does. <clears throat> and, the, and the way that He's going to do that is through that place of relationship and through that place of leading. Amen. Let's, let's follow the Spirit of God. Let's follow the wisdom of God. And uh, let's win in the days and times that we're living in. Amen. You might have anything in closing? Let me get. Hold on. Let me get you a mic. Now, uh, you think you do, but if you listen to the video, it absolutely takes a mic for somebody to be heard. Okay. This it was in my Bible reading this week, and it just really has spoken to my heart. Um, but it says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now if he If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When, when their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to, our, to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and earth. Come on, it's good. So, so good. Yeah, amen. And then, if it's all right, I just this sure. this was really encouraging to me the other day. I just was praying, and hold on, these glasses are cheap, so um, I don't want to break them. But um, but the um, I was just praying and asking the Lord for my relationship with Him about some things that are going on in the world, and I said, Lord. Um, just tell me what's on your heart today that you want me praying into today. What is it? And so I just felt led to pray in the spirit all day um, yeah. and about a particular issue. And thankfully, that issue on Friday turned out the way that, you know, that we would have um, wanted it to see it turn out. And yesterday, the Lord spoke to me as I was rejoicing over that, and he said, he was actually saying, thank you, because as you pray in the Spirit, you are releasing my love into the situation, and you are making my enemies my footstool when you're praying in the Spirit. So that was a big encouragement to me to just keep praying in the Spirit, because I don't, I mean, I know I could use my understanding on how I want things to go, but the thing is, is in Romans 8, it tells us that as we pray in the Spirit, then the Spirit is searching the will of God, and he's praying the perfect will of God. So um, it was encouragement to me to know that um, I am in that relationship with him, and that is him, become his enemies. These are his enemies that are rising up. They're not my enemies. They're his enemies that are fighting against him. But he's sitting up there. He knows he's victorious. He's knows he, And so he who sits in the heavens laughs, you know, and so, but we're making his enemies his footstool. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> Praying in the Spirit is such a, a key integral part to uh, really to being led by the Spirit and to, to even receiving wisdom from the Lord. So that's good. Anybody else in closing? Please. <clears throat> I uh, had an ex 
experience this week where I was sharing some truth about something and I was met with uh, pushback with a very strong insult. <laughs> oh, wow. And my flesh wanted to like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mess with, the ho- mess with the bull, get the horns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so as you do on Facebook, and then delete. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> there's uh, it's so to, to understand what you're saying is so important because we are called to speak the truth in love. We are called to hold the line. And, 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 and there's going to be opposition to that. There's going to be stuff that comes our way. And the way of the world is to respond how the world does in the same spirit. And wisdom is going to, I mean, even a fool appears wise if he keeps quiet, Proverbs says. And <clears throat> there's going to be, God wants to elevate us above that carnal mess and take yeah. us to a place where, you know, they may say something mean, but then the Lord can give us a prophetic word for them to say something that may break that meanness in them. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's a wisdom that comes from heaven. Yeah. And it's so... Wisdom allows us to be on the offense with love rather than reactive with hate. Yeah, that's good. That's excellent. Yeah, that's true. Wisdom allows us to be on the <clears throat> offense with love rather than be reactive in hate. And right yeah. now the world's just... The worry of the world is react with hate. Yeah, so true. React with hate. So and the way true. of the kingdom is on the offense of love. It's so good. It's a good word. Go ahead, Casey. We'll take the mic. Come on, you're always on us about taking the mic. <laughs> you're right, though. We need to have the mic because you can't hear it online if you don't. Oh, so you watch the YouTube video. Yeah. That's where we have the problem. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it's a good word, Brian. Thank you for sharing that. You're right, man. Kind of going with your whole leading of God thing. So mm-hmm. my, and some of you probably saw this online, but my six-month-old kitten, I was leaving the door propped open so she could go out on the porch, and uh, she dove off a 15 to 20-foot height oh, to wow. chase another cat and got lost in the forest. And so I went out there, and I tried to find her, and and you could only get a couple feet in because the the bushes that have the really like four or five inch thorns yeah. are everywhere. And oh. so I stood there and called her and called her and couldn't find her. So I prayed and and then I prayed again that morning. And as I was leaving to go to uh, Frankfurt, I had um, God kind of nudge me to go try again. Yeah, And I was like, well, it's 31 degrees outside and like thick frost everywhere. And so I was like, okay. And I, I got close to where I was before and I could hear her crying oh wow and so I was like I don't know what to do so I I had to change my shoes and stuff and I fought my way through these long huge massive thorns like and it was ripping my pants and I have scratches all over my legs from them and but I found her up in a tree and she was crying and God said see how you fought through all of this to get to her. He's like, every time you wander away from me, this is what I do for you. Oh, gosh. Boy, that's good, isn't it? So, yeah. Praise God. That was wonderful. Thank God that you listened to the unction. And then uh, also, thank God. I mean, and then isn't it just like God to take something like that to teach you something about yourself? So good. Anybody else have anything? That's so good. Jesus does the well with the mob mentality. Yeah. He leaves the 99 for the one. 
That's right. The world wants to go with the mom and child. Yeah. So get offended, get on board with that offense, and then repent. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And it's 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 so very important. There's a lot of Christians right now, including those of you in darkness, that are not walking in wisdom and just spouting off the mouth. Yeah, and it's, operating it's, in the world's wisdom. Yeah, it's bringing it's bringing reproach to the name of Jesus. Yeah, true and, story. And, and, and the world's looking at us like, what you know, like what you talk about love, but then you you come off with the same judgmental. Yeah. Yep, we got to guard against it. The wisdom that's from above is pure and peaceable and easy to be entreated. It's good, it's good. Amen, thank you guys, it's good. Um, all right, well, we want to worship the Lord in our giving this morning. If you need to give an envelope this morning, uh, Tim will get one to you. You guys that are watching online, you guys can give through going to gracepointgeorgetown.com. And just want to say thank you to everybody that supports us and gives into our ministry. We're grateful and thankful <clears throat> for your support. Thank you for believing in us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Still laughing at my wife. You got more than an hour. <laughs> I mean, she's right, I'm sure. <laughs>